Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to New York. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You could throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and much more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code THPN to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions reply. See show notes for details. Devils fans, I have a very, very, very awesome episode to share with you guys today because for the first time ever, we are doing a roundtable discussion and it makes sense because it is basically on the week of the NHL draft and basically the real beginning that I like to call of the NHL offseason and we got a couple of people joining us here today first and foremost we are happy to welcome on once again my good buddy from Raising Hell and NJ podcast Mr. Jake Wakely. Jake how you doing? I'm good Neil how are you? Doing well man doing well and we are also joined by somebody who has been on the podcast, not in a while, but we are very excited to have him on. He obviously writes for the Devils, for the hockey writers, and also a contributor to Infernal Access, which covers the New Jersey Devils as well. Mr. Alex Chauvency. Alex, how are you doing, my friend? Good. How are you doing? 
I'm doing very well. And we do have another person that could potentially be jumping on at some point, and we will introduce him uh, if and when he jumps on. But gentlemen, let's let's just get right into it first and foremost. Uh, my first question is simply this. If you had one word, just one word to describe the Devils 2021-22 season, what would it be? We'll start with you, Jake. Disappointment, to say the least. But I'd also probably this say... Than, this is more than one word, but okay. Keep yeah. Going. <laughs> I'll, I'll, progression and disappointment. I'll leave it at that. All right. So, Alex, what, what would you say? Uh, I'd say horrific, uh, just because the goaltending made it so tough to watch. Because there was a lot of games where they didn't play all that poorly, but goaltending just never gave them a chance. So, yeah, um, I'm not even sure if that's the best word to describe it, but that's the Trash. first word that came to yeah, that's the first word that came to my mind. So that's what I'm going with. The word I would use is frustrating to say to Yeah, it's probably better. At least considering what you know we all what we all I think a lot of us expected going into uh this past year. And uh yeah, I mean it's again we're we're once again going into another off season where we're all hoping that the devils can make major improvements to their team. And the devils, more than in previous years, even going back to last year, are rumored are rumored with a lot of quality top players. And it's something that I'm sure all of us, all three of us here talking right now um, uh, are not used to. And it's obviously exciting and it brings up a lot of topic of discussion as we've all discussed on uh, our, our different platforms. And it's it's very interesting. So my next question to you guys is this. Out of all the guys that are rumored to us, and there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot, which is the one that is the most pleasantly surprising that we're rumored to um, that is still available right now? Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously Johnny Goudreau is obviously great, but I don't know if I would call that like too much of a surprise. Um, I guess the one name out there is just more so of a free agent is Mason Marshmant, who the fourth periods said that the Devils are interested in. Right. Um, you know, Tom Fitzgerald was talking a lot about wanting to add like hard skill to the lineup and Marshmant is that he's like six four, two hundred ten 210 pounds or something like that. But he was on pace for 27 goals and 71 points this season. Um, so I, I wrote about him for Infernal Access about a month ago or something like that. And I think he's definitely a player that Dallas should target if they're looking for that kind of hard skill kind of player. So um, I would say that's a pleasant surprise that they are looking at him in a good way for sure. Jake? Um, I was going to like, I was going to say Val Nachushkin just because he had a riff with Lindy Ruff when he was in Dallas. <laughs> And I don't know if they want to kind of go down that road again, but more so the Tyler Bertuzzi one kind of was a bit of a surprise for mm. me. Um, and I was saying to Alex earlier, like the nastiness, the edge and the goal scoring that he brings is literally perfect for the devils. And it's what they're missing agitating too. But do they want to go down that road as well? If they keep Blackwood considering Bertuzzi kind of caused a bit of a stir with the, vaccination thing with Blackwood there yeah. last year and that might cause a bit of some a rift in the locker room and stuff so that one was kind of a surprise for me when it comes to for a free agent anyway yeah I mean both of those guys uh are I guess you'd say like more recent guys that have been put as tar as far as potential you know options for the New Jersey Devils um you know Marchman was definitely one that was kind of surprising not because I don't think he's a good player but just 
I hadn't heard anything up until now that that the Devils were put into as uh, a potential suitor. As far as, you know, from my perspective, and this is a guy that I've talked about numerous times in the podcast, I even wrote about him, was actually Marc-Andre Fleury when I read the fourth period um, article because as much as, you know, I talked about why it made sense in many different ways, I just didn't think that I was the only, that I wasn't the only one that was talking about him. So when I, when I saw that the fourth period was talking about it, Dan Rosen from NHL.com was also mentioning it. I think it was a little bit more surprising than, uh, than I was expecting that uh, a lot of people see a fit there, but I guess again, we'll, and we'll talk about the goaltending in greater detail in a few moments, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that are very, very intriguing to look at. And um, I want to shift away from free agency because I kind of want to go in order of offseason. And let's focus, you know, our, let's focus on the draft because that's coming up on Thursday. Big thing, big deal. Devils have second overall pick. You know, they have a lot of picks just in general in this draft, which I think there are a lot of intriguing prospects in the middle rounds that I think uh, could definitely be uh, be looked at. But the first question, first and foremost, guys, is this. What do you expect the Montreal Canadiens to do with pick number one? And then what do you expect the Devils to do? In, in your honest opinion, what do you expect that uh, that whole situation to play out? So if I had to guess, I think this is what I think I'm going to go as if what I think how Montreal is feeling versus mm-hmm. what I think they're going to do. So I personally think Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon want Uri Slavkovsky, but I think they're going to end up taking Shane Wright only because it's like it's in the Bell Center and like you need the center depth in today's game. It's so crucial to build a championship team and whatnot. And Montreal also like they, they can't go through a five six year rebuild with that market and that fan base like they have to basically like retool this thing like on the fly that that fan base does not have a lot of patience right so yeah i think montreal like i think ken hughes wants slavkovsky but i think he's gonna end up like i think you'll see he probably find out after jeff molson or somebody will step in and say no you got to take shane right here i know you want the winger but I think they want, like I said, I think they want Slavkovsky to play with Suzuki and Caulfield, and then they can figure out they're a center in free agency or via trade, whether it's Dubois or whoever. But I think the backlash that it's going to cause from the fan base is going to yeah. force their hand to take Shane Wright. Yeah, I think the same. I think they're probably going to take Shane Wright. And it's hard to know who they actually want because Bob McKenzie's ranking was so split between the two players. There's like five players or five scouts were in favor of Slepkowski and mm-hmm. four were for Shane Wright. So it's like, it's tough to figure out who they actually want. Um, I think Shane Wright just makes more sense for them um, for kind of the reasons Jake stated. Uh, you get Suzuki and Shane Wright. And it's not like you have, you know, McDavid or Dreisaitl lining up down the middle. But, I mean, those are two top centers you can build around. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think they take Shane Wright, and I think the Devils take Slavkowski. Uh, I think, like, all this stuff that's just kind of been talked about over the last couple of weeks, whether it's the Devils trading to uh, second overall or the Habs maybe taking Slavkowski, I think it's smoke. Although I wouldn't say the Slavkowski to the Habs thing is 
I think it's it could go 50-50, but I definitely lean to right being the pick. Just I think it makes more sense. It's probably the smarter move for them long term. And then yeah, the Devils wind up with your Ossovskovsky. Yeah, and I don't I don't think the Devils can go wrong here either way. Like you know, we've yeah. all said this like in separate conversations, like if they take Slavkovsky, they get that big power forward, like Rick Nash kind of type winger mm-hmm. who can score goals, go in the corner, come out with the puck. Uh, perfect for Jack Hughes or Nico. And you can build a line with Holtz or Sharon Govich or whoever. Yep. Or if you take right, you've got Hughes, he's your right down the middle. And that's probably the best young center depth in the NHL in basically like a three-year, two, three-year span. Or if they decide they want to take a defenseman, then you have a defenseman to build, um, you know, going forward with Luke Hughes. So, like, really, the Devils are kind of sitting in the captain's chair here. They're not really in a bad spot. I was interested Alex, because I saw you shake your head. I don't know. What yeah, don't take a defenseman at two. Please. No, <laughs> yeah. no, um, no, obviously yeah. not. I'm just no, like, I, no, no, I know what you're saying. But like, I was. Yeah. I was talking about this with with some other Devils fans. Some people were like, "Well, you can never have too many defensemen." But I'm like, "If there's if there's a guy like Slavkovsky available, or even right at number two, do you really think the Devils would still say, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a defenseman over this guy"? I think that Fitzgerald is gonna take the best player available. This is something that I've kind of harped on from the get go. Whether it is Slavkovsky or Shane Wright, I think that they will look at and say. We will take whoever's the best on their board. And and like I mentioned, I mentioned this on a previous podcast I was on that, you know, everybody's draft board is different. It's never always 100% the same from each NHL team. So whoever the best player is on the board at that time, whenever the Devils are, that's most likely who they're going to go with. And I agree with you guys that I think, although the Slavkovsky, you know, the potential of him going to Montreal, you know, Bob McKenzie putting him as the number one prospect on, on his final ranking board is, is very interesting. I do believe, though, that the Montreal Canadiens will just decide to take Shane Wright and then the Devils will get Slavkovsky. And it is just kind of interesting how, and I don't know if you guys saw the stat that apparently – over the last decade, Bob McKenzie has never been wrong about yeah. who ends up going number one overall. So it would be kind of interesting to see um, him be actually, you know, I don't want to say wrong like in a mean-spirited way, but be, you know, incorrect with regards to that. But he mentioned it as well on TSN that it could have, I could have easily flipped it the other way. It was about that close. It wasn't like it was, you know, way, way Slavkovsky and little for Shane Wright. So I think that's definitely um, the guy that ends up going. But let's just say for all crazy, weird purposes, the Devils decide to not take one of Shane Wright or Slavkovsky at number two and want to take someone else. Who are the names, in your guys' opinion, that Devils fans should keep their eye on for potential options if the Devils don't take one of the two guys I just mentioned? So, like, options like they're staying right there at two or they're like They're staying right there at two or, or you know, and they, and they don't want to take Shane Wright or Slavkovsky. Like, they want to take someone else. There's really, to me, there's really only one answer and one guy, and that's the guy, in my opinion, who is, you know, is probably going to end up being the best player in this draft class, which a lot of people are saying, and that is Logan Cooley. Heard a lot about him. Heard yeah. a lot about him. Yeah, Luke, uh, Logan Cooley is the only choice at two if you're not taking Slavkovsky or, or right. Uh, there's someone else that you want to take there, then you should try to trade down. And yeah. uh, like, especially one of the defensemen, I wouldn't take Simon Nemec or David Yurichek at two. If you really want one of those guys, you should try to find a package that you could trade down. Uh, don't overthink it. If you don't want either of the top two guys, then Cooley has to be the pick. 
Mm-hmm. And, and oh, go ahead, Jake. Talk. You know, like if if that's like Alex, like him and I, we've kind of got him and I have also gone back and forth on this, like separately and stuff like that. And Slavkovsky's upside is massive if he hits it, but he's also like a, he's a massive risk too. And like I've gone back and forth on it still, and I'm still going back and forth on it. I've kind of come, him and I have kind of come to the conclusion that it's going to be Slavkovsky or right. But if, if I was making the choice myself as the general manager mm-hmm. and Shane Wright went first, I, it, it's Logan Cooley all day and all night for me. It's just, just the dynamic, like he, he's basically like Jack Hughes 2.0. Like you're getting like a Braden point in that kind of player. If we're going, I hate going off comparisons, but if we're comparing him to one yeah. guy or two guys, it's like a, Marner, Braden Point kind of ordeal. Like he's very his IQ and his speed and skill is just absolutely like mind blowing. It's just yeah. Will Scouch compared him to Braden Point in his video, and that was kind of enough of a selling point for me. Um, (laughs) uh, His skill is just like unreal. Like when he, especially in transition, like. Like it's like Jake said. I don't really like going off comparisons, but I think like Jack Hughes light in a sense, like in transition when he gets the puck on a stick, just going through the neutral zone. I mean, the guy's a zone entry machine. Um, and then it's, it's a little bit of a similar kind of setup to Shane Wright. And, uh, if you draft Shane Wright and you have Cooley, uh, Hughes and he sure is your top three centers for, you know, however long. Um, and I think his upside is probably the highest of the players. Those, mm-hmm. the, the guys are projected to go in the top three. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to take Slavkovsky, but I, I agree with Jake. I would take Cooley over Slavkovsky, but I don't really see that happening. I I agree with you guys that I, I think Cooley is definitely that, I guess, I don't know, I don't want to say wild card option, but it is, it is again, a possibility of that to the Devils. If they're really, really high, you know, for all we know, Cooley could be number two on their list. It might be, you know, Slavkovsky and then Cooley, and then, you know, who knows how they're, draft board is but I mean he's definitely somebody that's going to be really really dynamic in the NHL when he's fully on top of his game and uh it, it was the only reason why I laughed when you guys were talking about the whole Braden Point comparison was I remember when we when the Devils drafted Nico Heischer uh first overall in 2017 I remember Pierre Maguire said that he reminded him a lot of when he's talking about Nico Heischer reminded him a lot of Pavel Datsuk and I was like well, that that that's enough for me to to take Nico Heischer number one overall. So that's uh, kind of the um, uh, so I can kind of relate to that. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see from a prospect's perspective what the Devils decide to do. Now, the next question is simply this: Do the Devils decide to trade the pick anyway for somebody that is that has been rumored? Whether that's you know Alex DeBrinket or you know even to a lesser extent David Pasternak, although those rumors have kind of died down over the last couple of weeks, and we haven't heard anything really from anybody about that or, or somebody like that. But I, would it be fair to say that I think we're all in agreement that the second overall pick is not going to get moved when it's all said and done? Probably, yeah, I would say so. They're probably going to keep it. But if Slavkovsky goes first, then I'm assuming Fitzgerald, if he's like any GM, they would be smart to do this. You have a couple trades in your back pocket. And then you sit there and you have like you have your time limit and you're going over it and you're like, okay, well, we should do this, or do we want to make the pick and yeah. whatever. And you know, the scouts, you know, they have a bit of a say, but obviously Fitzgerald can and the owners can 
outnumber them and whatnot. But, you know, we've seen Elliot Friedman say, like, the Devils are – fans are drooling over getting an Alex Dabrinkit or a JT Miller. Dabrinkit, yeah, JT Miller. I, I was going to say, where did the JT Miller coming where the Devils are drooling over him? And I'm like, that's not – Nobody, no Devils fan is drooling over JT Miller. Yeah, not no. for the second overall pick. No. Well, yeah, I mean, if we got him without the second overall pick, fine, but not for the second overall pick. And I only want JT Miller if I can get him signed to an extension. To brink it, at least I know him being an RFA. I have a bit of leverage where, you know, True. there's arbitration and all that kind of True. stuff. But I more so would be drooling over to brink it because the ability right. of seeing him play with Jack Hughes, and he's only 24 years old and he's already put up 40, 40 goals and 78 points and whatnot, and he's just got speed to kill and whatnot. But the package Chicago's wanting for Dabrinkit, I'm steer, steering clear of that, man. I would I mean, just – They've already been offered so much, and they're still like, no, we're good. And it's like, well, I, what the hell do you want? Yeah. I seriously think if Dabrinkit gets traded, and we've seen, um, you know, uh, NRD tweet about this, and he, he mentioned on his Cold Stove podcast, I think if Dabrinkit gets traded, he's going to end up in Philadelphia. Yeah, I was just gonna say that too. There's it feels so much, like a, there's so much smoke on that one. And yeah, there's, and there's and you know, and we all know how desperate Philly is to try to win at this point, even if their direction is not good. Oh. Yeah, I think Friedman was saying in the 32 thoughts that he posted at like 2:30 in the morning last night that the Flyers had um, like a serious offer for um, for um, to bring it. So it's like uh, he's obviously a great player and he'd help them, but like he doesn't really like fit their timeline or anything like that, but right. it's a, conf- it's confusing. Um, back to the original question. Yeah. I don't, I agree. I don't think the second overall pick is getting traded either. Um, yeah, the last, true. the last time that happened was the Alexi Yashin trade. And that was like 22 years ago in 2001. Oof. So Oof. Uh, picks that high don't really get traded very often. And I'd be really surprised if it happened this year. Um, I guess mm-hmm. the, more likely scenario for the second pick would actually, I think it's more likely the Devils would trade down from second overall than actually trade it for yeah. an NHL player. Cause I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I just, I think it's more likely that a Sapkowski, like Jake was saying, a Sapkowski goes one, they're going to be a bunch of teams calling the Devils for second overall, but like, hey, we want Shane, right? They could get blown away for an offer to trade down and get some kind of package that way. Um, yeah. But like trading it for someone like the Brinkett, I don't really see it happening. I think it's pretty unlikely. Yeah, and I think next year would have been the next year if you're picking in the top three next year, then okay, you could sell me on trading it for a stud player because next year you probably would have a better chance at getting a superstar player just with the three-headed generational talents that are at the yeah. top of the draft and how deep the draft is next year, which I guess some people are comparing it to 03. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy class. It's, it's loaded. And you don't know what's going on with um, Mikhail Mikachev next year because the Russian factor and everything. Yeah. Too, so. Yeah. It's it's going to be there, there's a lot of there's a lot of sticking points to this. Um, I think with you know I do agree with you guys that the whole you know trading the second overall pick first and foremost I think if that pick was going to get traded it would have been traded a while ago if it wasn't number two because again I think yeah Gerald went into the lottery not expecting at all to be in the top three certainly not in the top two. He expected, I think we all expected that, you know, best case scenario, we get five. Like we were going to stay put at five. And I think then it would have been more. And I'm not saying it would have been more enticing to pick two, but I think it would have been more reasonable for other teams 
and maybe for the Devils to then try to move that pick if that's what they wanted to do. But I think because it's the second overall pick, because the Devils are going to be looking for a huge, huge addition to their team via trade, that I think a lot of teams are just not willing to come up with any sort of deal. And whatever Chicago is is trying to do with Dabrinkit, I mean, I think if I'm the Devils, as good of a player he is, I think you're better off just leaving that alone and you know not trying to not trying to help out Chicago in any way and try to, you know, stoop to to whatever level they're trying to get with regards to getting assets for Dabrinkit. So, yeah, I'm with you guys, and I think the second overall pick stays, and I think we end up drafting somebody unless, again, Slavkovsky probably goes one, and then maybe we get a – because I know Arizona, who I think has, what, pick three or four? Yeah, they're at three. I know that they're very high on Shane Wright. So if Shane Wright just happens to be there at two, Arizona and the Devils might work out some sort of swap and just say, hey – We'll jump you, take Shane Wright for whatever, and you know you guys could take Cooley or you know whoever you want to, whoever you want to take. So yeah, I, I think I think at this point now that we're into the week and a lot has kind of stayed the same, that I, I just don't see how anything crazy is going to change with regards to picks being moved and things like that. And uh, that kind of brings me to my next question because this is kind of interesting. We all know, obviously, who are the top guys in this draft, and we know who's probably going to get taken in the first round. But I think what always is interesting is who are the guys that get taken in the middle rounds, you know, the guys that maybe are not expected to go very high or that could be under-the-radar guys. Like, you know, we have a prime example of that in Jesper Bratt being a former sixth-round sixth pick, you know, just to name an example. Are there any guys out there that Devils fans should keep their eye on with regards to the middle to late rounds that maybe the Devils could potentially um, draft in this upcoming uh, draft? Yeah, so at, at least if they keep the 37th pick, uh, I actually feel like there's some pretty interesting guys, even though this class is not... Please tell me really... Jack Hughes is one of them. Uh, no, actually, <laughs> he Damn. could be, but as a don't writer, you, I prefer that not to happen. Don't you guys want that to happen just for fun? Just for absolute fun? No, because writing about it would be hell. I, I wouldn't know how to distinguish Jack Hughes from Jack Hughes, and then you have Luke Hughes, so you're writing about three Hughes and like... Yeah, that would not be fun. No, I'm not looking oh, forward no, to that. For you, for you, no, for you, Alex, no. as a writer, you'd be having a hell of a time. No, 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 definitely not looking <laughs> forward to that. But, um, yeah, I think at 37, there's a couple of interesting guys. I know the Devils um, kind of, like, looking for size and stuff right now. But, yeah, uh, Jagger Ferkus is a player I really like at 37. Um, he's only, like, 5'10", 160 pounds. But, I mean, he kind of – he had a really great season in the WHL. Um, Yuri Kulich had a really nice season playing the Czech Republic or Czechia, I should say now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another guy that would be interesting. Um, I think Devils fans are probably interested in goalies to draft too, but this is not really a great draft class for goalies. Um, there's Tyler Brennan, who's considered the best goaltender. And then there's Hugo Havlid, who's I would think he's probably considered the best European goalie this year, but he's small. He's only like 5'10", 190 pounds. Right. So he gets compared to UC Saros a lot because kind of like similar build and stuff, but he had a really good season in the Swedish Junior League. Um, so I think that'd be some couple goalies you'd consider for like maybe the third or fourth round or something like that. Um, Would you consider Topias uh, Lee, I'm going to say his name, Lin, Linonen? Because yeah, that's the guy that I'm like pretty high on. Me personally. Uh, I mean, he's gigantic. I think he's like 6'5", 220 pounds already. Um, mm-hmm. His numbers in Finland were like just so-so. Um, like he was pretty good in the Finnish Junior League. But from what I remember, his numbers in like their two pro leagues were just okay. But right. he's only a 17-year-old. Um, I, yeah, I mean, the Devils have a history of 
uh, drafting big goalies, and he's gigantic. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had him on their draft board, um, if they maybe considered him with a third or fourth or fifth round pick or something like that whenever he's projected to go. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, this is kind of always like – obviously we're always interested in the first round and seeing, you know, what top guys go and things like that. But I'm, I'm actually more interested in when we ha- we are in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds – to kind of see the guys that we end up taking and, you know, what what kind of under-the-radar things are. Um, Jake, is there anybody that stands out to you in the middle round, second, third, you know, after the first round, that kind of stand out to you that maybe the, you would like to see the Devils try to draft if they can? I mean, you know, is there anybody out there? Um, Rucker McGregory, if he uh, – I think that's his name. If he slips to the second round, he's somebody I'd like to see the Devils take a – a chance on obviously Ivan Marishenko if if the medicals add up later rounds it'd be okay like if like if Brad Lambert slips to the second round he's a bubble guy right like he's on yeah, the bubble of being in a first or second round but yeah if, if he slips then I mean that's a guy I would consider either moving up and back into the first four or if he falls to thirty seven but because he's he's got potential to be the steal of the draft but there's so many question marks with him. Mm. Um, Owen Beck, if he uh, actually he's from Port Hope, Ontario, where I live, so he would be kind of cool to see um, at a Mississauga. And that would definitely be a guy you get on the podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, those are those are a couple guys I'd like to see the Devils uh, kind of take a chance on. I'm all yeah. about still adding forwards. I know they need defense, but I haven't really researched the defenses as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's one defenseman. Alex, you might know his last name. Is I think Pavel's his first name. Uh, yeah, Pavel Minchu- Minchukov. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been telling people that's anybody, the that's the Russian defenseman, right? Yeah, yeah. anybody that drafts him, yeah, he's oh, getting right. an absolute no. steal. He's he's I don't think he's getting the credit he deserves. Yeah, if he's right there now. at thirty-seven, that'd be awesome. But I'm pretty sure Jimmy, some teams taking him in the top twenty. Jimmy um, Snugger, Jimmy Snugger, that's the guy right there. Just yeah. for the name, Jimmy Snugger, yeah, right. that's just an yeah. amazing hockey name. Like you can't, it's also where Jagger Furcus is best name in the class. So. Especially like him coming to New Jersey, you know, Devils fans will have a field day with the name. Like they will have an absolute. Oh yeah, you know, somebody's going to create a meme account, like just because <laughs> of the fact that we have him on the team. But there's there's a lot of guys that obviously, you know, as we just mentioned, are going to be guys to to keep our eye on, you know, moving forward once we get to the draft, which again, it's, it's going to be coming up very, very quickly. Like I said, Thursday, the 7th, I'll be at the draft party. You know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with the draft. Now shifting from the draft to free agency slash trade, let's, let's put both of them in the same category because you know, that, you know, trades and free agency could happen at the exact same time as we've seen before. Um, and the first guy that comes up when we think immediately free agency is Johnny Gaudreau. Now, at the time of this recording, he reportedly got an offer of eight years. Some what was it like fifty six million? What was it sixty uh, eight years, uh, nine and a half million per year? That's Thank the you, rumor. Thank you, Alex. So yeah, that was the that was the rumor. And apparently, according to Elliot Friedman, that Johnny Gaudreau still is very much unsure as to what he wants to do, um, whether it's test free agency or sign with Calgary. So, in your guys' opinion. Number one, do you think that Johnny Gaudreau ends up, you know, testing free agency? Number two, do you think it ends up being the Devils because they can pretty much outbid anybody? Um, and Alex three, knows where I'm going with this. And, <laughs> and number three, do, oh, you, oh, yeah, yeah. do you think it's worth? Do you think it's worth going after a guy like that 
um, for this team. So I'll start with I'll start with Jake because it sounds like he really, really wants to say something. <laughs> so Jake, you go first, my friend. Uh, so I want to like look at this from his perspective, but also from the Devils' perspective. So okay. it's being reported that he's undecided on their on the offer, right? But if you're so interested in going back to Calgary, then like you say you are, like Zach Parise said he wanted to come back. Why didn't, why haven't you signed yet? Like, why haven't you signed it? Are you that undecided? Or are you just telling Calgary you're undecided and you just want to go to market? So I, I personally think he, like he wants to test the market. He wants to see what he's worth. Like, couldn't he just test? Couldn't he just tell them up front that he's testing the market, and then you just kind of? You would think so, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think I remember that's what Carolina did. They gave Dougie Hamilton a time frame, and he said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming back. I'm, I'm going to market." But yeah. you know, Seattle wants to go big this summer. I don't understand. Like, think they, they need a face for their franchise, I guess, but to sell tickets and merch and everything and Goudreau would do that for them but I just don't understand how that makes sense now they got boatloads of cap space so they're maybe the only team that could maybe like get a bidding war going with the Devils when it comes to uh, Johnny Goudreau right now Philadelphia I want to say no but it sounds like Seattle so people say they want JVR I don't understand why if Philly unloads JVR and doesn't get to brink it, then all right, it's going to come down to you know the Devils probably and Flyers for Goudreau services, and then it's just a matter of what Goudreau wants. You know, the yeah. Islanders could be sneaky in this, but it just doesn't scream a Lou Lamorello type of move. It just it doesn't like that would be maybe, more of a maybe, desperation. Maybe he's trying to save his job. I don't know. It just yeah. but it, it just after firing Barry Trotz and like seeing what Barry Trotz said today, like. He thought he right. was starting the season. He was kind of taken off guard by being fired. I think it's going to come down to the Devils or Philly. I think Philly would be because that's who he cheered for growing up. It's closer to where he's from in South Jersey whatnot. Okay. So I would understand it. I wouldn't hold it against him. But the Devils definitely have the ability to offer him the most money. And they also give him the ability to play with an elite center iceman who's up and coming and he's only going to keep taking steps forward. Like we got to remember Jack Hughes had what 56 points. I think it was in 26 goals in 49 games. Like what was he going to have in an 82 game? Right. Like, on pace for 9,600 points. And that's with what, like I think it was Brat or Sharon Govich, Sharon Govich. winger. Like what's he going to do with an elite winger? Right. So it's just like little things like that. I just, I, I think if I'm Goudreau, I look at the devils and I say, you know, they're not, as far away as people think they are. And I don't think they are, but it's going to also come down to the goal to anything. But I think, you know, if I'm the devils, I'm going probably 9. 5, 9.5, 9.75. But if Goudreau comes back and says, I'll come to you for 10, then I probably would just say, all right, fine here. Seven years, 10 million at this point here. Do it. Come on. And let's, <laughs> Settle it, and I mean, I wouldn't take no for an answer from him, but I mean, I would 
you have to draw a line too. So like if it's getting up to like the 10.5, 11 million range, yeah, then I just start to say no, but it's going to, it's probably going to be anywhere between nine and yeah 10. That's probably where you're going to see it come in at. It's just going to be a matter of where he wants to go. Alex. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point I would think he's at least testing the market. I know the flames wanted to have kind of like a firm, uh, I guess, I don't know how to put it. They wanted to have not necessarily a decision from Goudreau, but they want to be they want to know his intentions by the draft. So like just whether he's testing the market or not. So I feel like if you know that's coming up in four days, really less than now because it's July third is almost over. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that news will leak out pretty soon if that's the case. Um, I just kind of get the sense that maybe I'm not saying he's going to land with the Devils, but. You just kind of get the sense that he might want to come and play on the East Coast, closer to home, uh, right. if that's the case, which would probably put the Devils in a pretty good spot since they have the most cap space um, of the local teams, at least. Uh, the Islanders could probably find a way to make it work, but they'd have to clear some, some cap space, especially since they have to resign Noah Dobson. Um, I know Friedman said in 32 Thoughts he thinks they could be a sleeper team for their Goudreau, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um as for the Devils, yeah, I agree with Jake. Like, you, there's there's a limit. Like, if he, it gets to like a bidding war and he's the price tag becomes like eleven million dollars a year or something like that. Yeah, I think you just you got to be a little bit hesitant about that, um, especially since you have Dougie Hamilton tied up for the next six years at nine million a year, and then Jack Hughes's extension kicks in this year. You have to pay Jesper Bratt too, so there's some other things to consider. Um, I think it will definitely take more than $9.5 million to get him in New Jersey. If that's what he's turning down from Calgary, then it's probably going to take 10, probably 10 plus a year to get him. Yeah. Uh, unless he's willing to play for less because this is his home state. I think that was well, a pretty whole cool. hometown discount that they call yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just not sure how much of a discount it would really be. I think, right. if anything, he's just taking the same offer from Philly, but. You know, you can only get him for a year less, or from Calgary, excuse me. I yeah. think, um, I mean, the thing is here, if he's signing with Jersey, he gets one less year on his contract. So it will take a little more to sign him than I think nine and a half million a year. So right. that's something to watch. They can definitely outbid the Flyers. Flyers have only $5 million in cap space, and they got a lot more needs than just needing to sign Goudreau and being like, okay, it's fixed. You know, that's sad. Right. We're going to be playoff contenders next year. They got a lot of stuff to take care of there. and. They're already tight on cap space, and if they sign Goudreau, that's another $10 million on cap space. So it kind of just limits what they can do otherwise. So I think the Devils are in a pretty good spot here. It sets up well for them if they really want Goudreau. But it's just really a matter of him. If, does he want to play in Calgary still, or does he want to come back east? And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's something we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. So what do you guys think? Where do you think he ends up? I personally think he ends up in Philadelphia. As much as I hate saying that, I really do think that he – it just sounds like, like you guys both said, he really, really wants to come back on the East Coast. And I think the Flyers are a desperate team because they don't really have a direction. I mean, let's face it. What are they trying to do right now? Like in this very moment, what are they really trying to do You know, long term? Are they trying to win? Are they trying to rebuild? They don't really have a whole lot of anything that they can kind of build upon, except maybe Carter Hart. But there's question marks about a guy like Carter Hart. And to me, though, I think Johnny Gaudreau, if it... If he really, really wanted to play, you know, close to home, obviously going to the Flyers makes sense because it's not very far from where he grew up and, you know, things like that. I think the Devils 
are the second option from that perspective because it is still technically in his home state, although he's you know it's it's a you know two hour drive from from that from uh, Salem to uh, the Prudential Center, but you know it's possible. And the only reason that I think Gaudreau would sign with the Devils, other than anyone else, is simply this: as I mentioned it before, and Jake, I know you kind of mentioned it that I said it was it conti- it extends the championship window that Gaudreau has in his career to win a Stanley Cup because then he goes to a team that is still making that next step and getting ready with their core to make that what hopes to be a long run of being competitive and trying to get into the playoffs and ultimately be a Stanley cup contender. I don't know if Cal, I don't know how many more years Calgary really has with the core that they have um, to try to do it. And if you guys remember beginning of this season, there was a lot of speculation and a lot of belief that the core of the flames was going to get broken up if things did not improve. And, Although they certainly had a tremendous regular season, they didn't, you know, they had, you know, they had to go seven games with Dallas and then quite frankly, at times got embarrassed by their Alberta rivals. So it's kind of like, well, where do they go from here? So, and they still have to sign Matt, um, they still have to sign Kachuk as well. So that's a big question mark. Um, But, you know, and maybe it's just because I'm used to the Devils not getting necessarily the big prize free agent, although we did get Dougie. I, I just think that the Devils also may get to a point where maybe it does get the ten and a half million dollars, and the Devils say, "I think that's a little bit more than what we were, what, than what we want to go for." So I'm, I'm, I have an, I have a, I have a hunch that it ends up being Philadelphia, but that's just me. See, this is where I wish Jim would have came on because Jim has, you know, gone out of his way to, you know, message me back and forth, and you know, Alex and I kind of relay with Jim or whatever we're hearing and whatnot, but like. Jim messaged me well before LeBron came out with the report, and he said the Devils are going to put the full-on, full press at Johnny Goudreau. Like, they're going all in for his services. It's right. Like, that's that's the guy Fitzgerald wants to – and, I mean, I don't blame him. You know, I, I, asked my, I asked my old man yesterday when I was out at his house, would you give Johnny Goudreau nine and a half, ten million? And he's like, no, like – like what is he like what's he done i'm like well he was tied to the league lead in scoring last year and he had 115 points 84 points 99 points like he's 30 goals like he's exactly what they're looking for and he kind of made a good point he's like he would look good next for jack hughes he goes but he's 28 and he's a smaller guy too i mean that is the game nowadays but how long is he going to be able to keep up at that level? But so what is he, 20? So when's he turn 29? I'm not really was, sure. I think it was November, if I remember correctly. Okay. So, November? Like in the mid- I know during the season that's when he turns 29. So, that so, would t- so he'd be 34, 35 by the time the contract ends. Like it's not – it's not be all or end all, really. 85, like, 36, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, he'd be, yeah even a little older than that. So, he'd, be, so, he'd be towards the, he'd be at the twilight of his career by that so point. He, if you sign him for seven years, he's still probably going to be pretty good at 33. Like he might be starting to go on the downhill then, but at that point, if I can get five good years, four or five good years out of him of the seven year contract, I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset because I'm pretty sure by the time the, during the third or fourth year of his contract, they're going to, they should be good. Yeah, you would hope so by then, or otherwise something had gone really terribly wrong. Um, 
Well, I mean, you it wouldn't be the we'll first thing. We'll have a full-on, <laughs> like, two-hour rant podcast, and he'll go on a dog uh, I think by that yeah. point, uh, who knows? Yeah, I think the Devils have a pretty strong pitch for him, and this is not, like, inside info or anything like that, but I feel like he would – I think Gaudreau would be interested in the pitch the Devils have. They can sell him on Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, these young players they got. Um, I mean, it's his home state, so it would be like, hey, you can come close – um, your your family can come and watch, and then I just think they have a stronger pitch um, compared to the Flyers because I'm not sure how aggressive the Flyers can get if the if it comes to a bidding war between the two teams, just because they have limited cap space. Yeah. Um. So like going back to Jake's original question, he asked, I think who does he end up with? I would bet on the Devils, and I I actually think the Islanders will definitely be players. I think they're gonna Lou's gonna try pretty hard. He tried pretty hard for Panarin. If I he did. Remember, right. He did. Yep. Um, so I definitely think he will try again for Goudreau and whether he gets them, I have no idea, but I think the devils have a stronger pitch than the Islanders. Cause the Islanders, yeah. even if they got Goudreau, I mean, that team's just old and they don't have any prospects coming up. Um, so the devil should be they're able gonna, to pitch them stronger, but and they're gonna we'll see rely, what happens. They'll, and they'll definitely rely heavily on Sorokin um, next yeah, season, you know, especially the when their offense isn't there. So yeah, it's, that's kind of something to keep in mind, but yeah, there, there's, there, there's definitely, um, you know, a lot of, there's still a lot of question marks with Johnny Gaudreau. Like it's not a, it's not a guarantee that, I mean, there's still the possibility he just decides I'm going to take the deal from Calgary and go from there. And that'll be, and that'll be the end of it, which I think, and I don't know if you guys would agree, but I actually believe that Fitzgerald has about a bunch of backup plans already in place. If Gaudreau is not the option, like let's say Calgary gets him you know, for that deal, or even if he goes somewhere other than the Devils, I think that there are other guys that the Devils have kept their eye on very heavily and are interested in. And one guy that I've mentioned before is Andre Pilat from Tampa Bay, who I know Tampa really wants to sign him, but I just don't see where they're going to get, unless they do what they did with Nick Paul and try to get him a deal where it's long, but it's low AAV. But maybe Pilat wants to try to go somewhere where he gets a higher AAV and that was a guy that I mentioned that you could sign to a three, four year deal at like five, five and a half million dollars um, to come here, who would be an, a, a a cheaper option than Gaudreau, but I still think he would he would be pretty effective with how clutch he can be and you know the type of veteran presence he can bring into the team, you know, and things like that. And championship experience I think would be really important. Um, but that was just an underrated guy that I was kind of, I don't want to say underrated, but it was just another guy that I looked at that said, oh, that could be a possibility. And we still don't even know about Philip Forsberg, although it all signs point to him signing in um, Nashville, especially after today when they acquired Ryan McDonough from Tampa Bay and looking like they're trying to continue to stay competitive. Are there guys out there, if you're if you're the Devils, and obviously let's say Johnny Gaudreau doesn't work, what are the other, I don't want to say A, a options, but what are the other good options that the Devils could look at? Um, maybe, you know, obviously for cheaper that uh, can still help the Devils out um, – from the from the forwards perspective, Nino Niederreiter. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, I like Nino Niederreiter a lot. I think the Devils would probably be in on him. Uh, well, the, I think the Canes already said he's hitting, or Pierre LeBrun said he's hitting free agency. So I think the Devils will be in on him. Uh, Andre Burakovsky yeah. makes a lot of sense. Uh, harder skill Alex, kind of guy. For a long time, you've been very big on Burakovsky. Yeah, I think he's a really good uh, winger. Um, he. By the looks of it's hitting free agency, I don't think the apps are going to be able to find the money to keep him. So, and he's kind of that harder skill kind of player that uh, right. Fitzgerald is looking for. 
Um, Elliot Mikheyev is kind of interesting too, but you got to be careful. Apparently, he's looking for four to five million dollars a year on a five-year contract or something like that. Um, but it is another player who's solid two ways, and uh, he could be a pretty good twenty-goal scorer. I know he's like on a thirty-goal pace this year. I don't really see that for him from him long term. And then they'll have trade options too. Um, they've been tied to Connor Garland again. When they've been like chasing Connor Garland for like a year at this point. So if the Canucks decide to move him. Someone else they could look at. Um, mm-hmm. They'll have options if it's not Gaudreau. It's a deep free agent class. I mean, they they can find guys. So um, I think they'll, they'll know pretty quickly. I think if Gaudreau is um, coming to them or not. Uh, I know free agency starts on July thirteenth, but teams are going to be talking to each other before that, anyways. Even though you're not supposed to, it's just because there's not a lot of money in the system this year, and there's a flat cap. So. Right. Elliot Friedman was saying on 32 Thoughts, I think it was some point last week, that um, free agency would probably be pretty quick this year. I think he, he's saying a lot of the top guys will probably sign pretty quickly. So that Did you see it like the NBA where just the second that it opens, like everything just starts flying out left and right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, that means in the NBA that teams were talking to players before they were really legally permitted to do so. And when everyone's doing it, there's really nothing the league can do about it. So. Right. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty similar look in the NHL, but they got plenty of options. They they shouldn't strike out if they miss on Goudreau. They, there's other guys that they can fill their needs with. And I uh, was, and I've mentioned this before, and I know that this is you know thinking not terribly far ahead, but like thinking a year in advance. Look at the guys that could potentially be available from the top perspective. You know, top of the the class in 2023. That if the Devils don't get a top you know, expensive free agent this season, there's nothing stopping them considering that they'll at least purportedly have more cap space going into that year than even this year that they could certainly go and swing the fences on a, I think Patrick Kane's contract comes up at the end of the season. If I remember correctly, um, I know Pasternak, if he doesn't sign an extension with Boston, he would be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. And that was just two guys that came to my head, but I'm, that's what I was trying to convince my listeners that, Hey, if the Devils don't get Johnny Gaudreau and right, and they get some other, you know, lower tier but still pretty solid signings, it's not stopping the Devils, you know, in the next year of still swinging the fences for a big name free agent if that's what the Devils want to do, if that's what they want to go for. So I think that that's something to certainly keep in mind. Now, keeping in mind with free agency and, and stuff like that, the number one op, the number one thing the Devils have to fix is the goaltending. I think we all can be very much in agreement on that. Um, I think Mackenzie Blackwood stays here. I don't think he gets moved at all, despite what I've been hearing from at least, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, unless we get, um, a a deal that's beneficial, which I don't think we're going to get from them, but there are a lot of different options, albeit not blow away options like in years past for goaltending. Um, but who is, who is the guy or guys in your, in your guys' opinion that you feel the devil should definitely be going after Jake? I know you and I have kind of kind of gone back and forth with this a bunch, Alex, you and I, not so much, but we'll start quickly with Alex. What are the guys or guy, if there's one guy that you think the devil should definitely be trying to go after when it comes to fixing the goaltending position? Yeah. So this free agent class is not particularly good. Um, I think Darcy Kemper does make sense, but I feel like the chances of him coming to New Jersey are slim. Uh, he probably even stays with the Avalanche, which means Ville Husso or Jack Campbell are your top two guys. And I think those are the uh, two goalies that the Devils should be chasing um, in free agency. 
if you hadn't asked me this question of, like maybe a month ago, I probably wouldn't have even said Billy Huso. It's just too much of a risk, but because um, he's only played like 65 games in the NHL or something right. like that. Uh, but I've actually kind of switched gears and think he should be their top target in free agency. Um, I just think the upside is the highest with him, and sure, there's a lot of risk, but uh, he was really good this season, and if you know, it wasn't like a flash in the pan, then you got a really legit goalie there, um, and you could split him you know, 50-50 or as much as you can with Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, you know, the Devils goaltending coach, David Rogalski, uh, was part of St. Louis uh, when Huso was there, and he knows him well. Friedman was saying that in 32 Thoughts as well. So I think they'll have a pretty strong pitch for Huso if it comes to free agency too, if, especially if he's fond of Rogalski and like them as a goaltending coach. Um, that'll be somebody that I think they'll target. And I think NRD has been hinting for a long time that Billy Huso is probably going to be their top target in free agency. Mm-hmm. So I think that's who they're going to go after the most. And I think that's probably who they should go after too. Um, Larry Brooks did mention Jack Campbell. I think they'll make a pretty strong pitch to him too. If they're not going to just target one goalie and then, yeah. There's obviously Alexander Georgiev, too, who Brooks had mentioned. Um, he had said Georgiev would be more of like a tandem thing, which is the right call. Right. Yep. Yeah, you don't you don't want him to come in and be the, your 1A just after the season he had. But I could see maybe uh, – I think – I agree with you. I think they're going to keep Blackwood. But if they sign Huso and there's a path for them maybe getting Georgiev, I wouldn't be surprised if they – gave that a thought and then maybe move Blackwood. We'll see. But I think Huso is probably their top target. I think he should be. Jake? Yeah, I'm, I've kind of, the Huso thing is kind of, it's starting to grow on me. I mean, it's starting to kind of lean in the direction. That looks like where it's going to probably end up. It's going to be Billy mm-hmm. Huso. Um, you know, he's got the most upside, but I think he obviously is a risk, like Alex said. But, like, you know, if the Devils – and he's young too, so it fits kind of the mold of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Same with like acquiring a Samsonov or somebody from Washington if you want to take a chance there. <coughs> um, I still, you know, I've gotten kind of, I want to say, chirped a bit about it, but I've been on the Jack Campbell train, and I, you know, I'm gonna stay on the Jack Campbell train. I just think, you know, I, I get to see him. I get to watch him a lot with, you know, getting all the Leaf games and stuff. And, right. you know, he, he does have his ups and downs through the middle of the season. We've seen where he has those stretches where he's really good and then he's he's kind of hits a bump and then he goes back to being really good again. Right. I do think if the Devils are serious about making the playoffs, then, you know, Jack Campbell or, you know, like you said, Flurry is definitely um, a couple options there where they could go. Um you know, I, I think they'll be in on Campbell, Huso, uh, Flurry too. But you know, there's there was I think it was something come out today where like the Leafs are interested in Flurry, and Colorado's got Mark Andre Flurry at the top of their list if Darcy Kemper walks. And right, I mean, if you're Flurry, why would you really say no to Colorado or or Toronto for well, that? Toronto, matter? yeah, exactly. You're, you're getting a shot. Or Minnesota because he may he may very well go back there. So. Yeah, I mean, he's 37, so, like, he's going to want to go to a team that could be a Final Four team in the playoffs next year. Right. Um, I don't think the Devils – I mean, I I don't know. Tom Fitzgerald would obviously know him from his time in Pittsburgh, so I don't know what the relationship is there. But 
Um, I mean, it's possible that I think he's he on their list. Here. I just don't think he's like top three. That's yeah, the I don't. Way. Yeah, I just don't even think it's that likely that he would come here. Um, I guess like the Devils have been tied to Robert Leonard before, and if the Golden Knights are still intent on trading him, I could like see that as a potential target. Yeah, but you, you know, it about, gets tough. The agent market. What was that, Jake? What about Connor Hellebuck? Like, uh, well, but we'd have to give up a bunch for him. Like though. if Winnipeg, think, if Winnipeg tears it down, wouldn't you try? Well, that's the thing. Like after Ryan, they wouldn't hire Rick Bonus to tear it down. I think so. Like they're definitely gonna try to go for it next year. I and we think. know, and we know, apparently, you know, reportedly that Florida might want to try to move Sergey Bobrovsky. So you know, does that yeah. and, at fifty percent retained salary, which could be much more enticing to the Devils than if they had to pay him full? Yeah, uh, full through. Yeah, of course. Bobrovsky's actually been kind of decent the last two seasons he has like a nine ta- nine ten save percentage which is perfectly fine it's obviously a lot better than what the devils have gotten i was gonna so, say compared to anything we've had that's that's great yeah exactly but he's 34 years old too and like you, you know the thing with goalies is there's risk with any goalie they're voodoo you don't know what they're gonna be like from year exactly. to year like yep. you could sign huso and he could be even better than he was this season and you could sign campbell and he could just like fall off a cliff you don't really know um, the thing is with free agency is there's just not a lot of goaltenders this year, and there's a lot of supply. It's a supply and demand kind of issue. Um, there's a lot of demand, but not a lot of supply. So if the Devils strike out on one of these free agent goalies, they're going to have to look for like a stopgap like Semyon Varlamov or James Reimer or something like that, which is not the worst-case scenario because both of those guys are solid. And if you put them in a tandem with Blackwood, it could work if Blackwood bounces back. Um, I mean, obviously, goaltending is the number one thing they got to fix this season, and you know, there are a lot of teams looking for goaltending, so they're gonna—they're probably gonna even have to overpay for someone in free agency, like Campbell or Huso. That their cap hits could definitely cross five million dollars. There's no doubt about it. So we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, they—they got to be aggressive there to make if they really want to compete next year. Yeah, I mean, there's that. You know, it's—it's just. It's it's really really tough to figure out what exactly the Devils want to do with the goaltending because, like you mentioned, Alex, this is not one of the more impressive classes that we can sit there and say that's definitely the guy that we need to go get. This is the guy, you know, this that and the other thing. So the Devils do have a lot of options as far as you know who they can go after. It's just about figuring out what the what do they want to do in the short term and also in the long term when it comes to their goaltending. Now the I, I have only two more questions for you guys. And uh, the, the first one I have really quickly is talking about Jesper Bratt. Now, as far as we know, at this moment, talks are still going on. That Just nothing has really happened very major of late, but just that the devils are talking. So does that concern you guys at all that at this point no, no deal has been made? For me personally, it's not a concern because I think when you're signing an extension this long, I think it takes time. I think it took time with Nico and Jack Hughes when they got extensions. So I think it's kind of the same deal. But what are your thoughts on where we are right now with, with Jesper Bratt? Uh, I don't – I'm not concerned. I mean, there haven't been a lot of restricted free agents that have, like, uh, that have signed other than Brock Besser right now. So, um, I mean, Sammy Blaze uh, resigned too, but, like, he's obviously not – of the name of Besser and Besser's really like the only big name free or restricted free agent that's signed so far. So um, I'm not really concerned. I think the Fiala deal or the extension, I should say, 
going to play a little factor in the number that Jesper Brad's looking for. Um, Fiala got what seven point eight seven five yeah. from the Kings. Seven point so, five seven five. If I remember. Yeah. Um, he's Brad's not going to get Fiala money, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's asking for seven million dollars a year now. And I don't think they'll end up getting seven million dollars a year from the Devils. Brad in his camp. Probably be like six and a half, in between six and a half and seven million dollars a year, yeah. or close to it. But I'm not really concerned. Uh, I know there's like talks of him. I don't want to say talks of him, but like his name's been out there in the rumor mill. But the draft coming up, that his name could be out there. As, you know, at least the Devils are like at least listening to offers on him or something like that. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if he got traded this week, just because. I mean. What would the what would those no would they really be asking for that much money where the Devils would be like no we're not doing this mm-hmm. so um, I think he will resign just like most restricted free agents do for the most part um, I mean he's arbitration eligible so there's a deadline on this once he files for arbitration right it'll be up to whenever his arbitration hearing is I guess end of this month or early August so mm-hmm. we'll get clarity on it in the next few weeks but I'm not really. I don't have any concern at this point. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not concerned. It's just, you know, the only thing that's a little alarming is just like everybody keeps continuing to go on that he is in trade rumors. But at the same time, like Fitzgerald's not really doing his job if he's not listening on anybody that's not Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes. So it's, I mean, he was available. They were listening on him at the deadline, but that was kind of just a feel just to kind of see what they could get because he was having such a breakout season. I'd be shocked if he is traded. I think he's going to end up re-signing here. It's just good. It's just a matter of when, not if, but obviously if they do go to trade him, it better be a fantastic package coming back because like he was probably besides Jack Hughes, their best player last year and this it's almost like every game he was doing, he was having like at least two, three points a game. And it was just like, Absolutely. you know, Jesper Bratt's a big part of this core moving forward. And it's like, you know, and I don't think like, you know, they got to manage their cap space. I get it. But like next year, Hughes, Heischer and Hamilton. And I think it was somebody else. They only have like four players signed next year so they're gonna have like 30 million again in cap space so it's just like it's more than that even i mean as of now it's like 50 million or something insane and the cap, and the cap so. is probably going to go up again because it went up this year and i'm not saying it's going to go up dramatically next season but it will go up again so yeah and fitzgerald knows this because he's thinking long term not necessarily short term he's thinking long term about what he's going to what he's going to do and I, and I agree with you guys there's no reason in my opinion to panic about jesper brad it's more of just it's going to happen. It's just going to take time. And once it happens, we're all going to feel, you know, we're going to feel fine. And we'll be like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. And then we'll kind of go from there. And really the last question that I have for you guys, and again, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on today. I, this has been phenomenal is Lindy Ruff. Um, I, I really don't want to have to bring this up, but I feel like I have to, because it's something of a, and both of you are smiling. You guys can't see it, but they're both <laughs> smiling and laughing because they knew that probably I was going to bring this up. Lindy Ruff is in reportedly, and Alex, shout out to you because I think it was you that brought it up about what his contract was when he was hired. Um, what was it like a three-year deal? I believe I think I saw it was a three-year deal, according to 
someone. I thought I thought Alex, it was you that. I don't have that kind of inside information, but Alex, like, did I? No, yeah, I know. I know. That's kind of like once he gave me that face, I knew it wasn't him. I was like, okay. Yeah. I also, like, I, you know, great. This was like a year ago that I found this out. So yeah, it's but not he like does have one year left on his deal. That's out there now. Right. So we know Actual that insiders and not me. Right. Right. According to logic, Lindy Ruff has one year left on his contract as the head coach in the New Jersey Devils. Now, from what we've been told, and I think it was uh, Elliot Friedman that said it, that basically, you know, Lindy Ruff is kind of on the hot seat going into this season, that the Devils want to win. Ownership has made it clear that they want to win. They want results. And if Lindy Ruff doesn't get it done, he's going to get canned. And he has a much shorter leash than he did last year, meaning that if things get out of control, even just a month into the year, he's probably going to get fired and the Devils are going to move forward from there. Now, there has been reports about Andrew Burnett, who is currently right now not employed, technically speaking, um, that he could potentially be an option for the Devils as an assistant. Devils still need to find two new assistant coaches. They haven't even done that yet, which I just remembered that they haven't done that yet, but that's an option. But when you guys look at Lindy Ruff, this is actually the question I really wanted to ask. Do you see Lindy Ruff being the head coach of this team beyond this season? And yes or no, you know, yes or no, and why? So let's go with you, Jake, first. If they make the playoffs, then yes. But if they start off slow, then no. And okay. I guess this is like, I'm, I'm sure Alex will probably agree with this, but this is like, this is why hiring Andrew Burnett is such, it, like, it's a brilliant move because yeah. he coached 75 games last year, he won 51 games. And he was a Jack Adams finalist, and for some reason he was fired. Or he well, wasn't was really fired. He just really wasn't fired. given. I mean, they pushed him out, so they, they, they basically fired said, him. "Like, all right, we, yeah. we're we're gonna, you know, hire Paul." Maurice they said, "You're not good enough." That's what they. Yeah, said. that's basically what they said. Yeah. So, and something to also keep in mind was Fitzgerald and Brunette were teammates in Nashville. In yep. the like, I think it was like '98 or '99. They were teammates. So they know each other. There's familiarity there. So if Burnett comes in and say he runs the offense and he, he was a half decent offensive player in his career, then yeah. Lindy's going to have to figure out, you know, how to get through to the guys and help them find that extra gear and get them on a roll. Because if Lindy gets fired, Burnett's going to become the head coach. I mean, it's the most obvious thing. Like you could probably figure out, right then and there and it's also right. smart because if they hire him and they just run out lindy's contract and he coaches the full season and then they don't bring him back their next head coach is standing right there on the bench they don't even have to go look anywhere yeah i agree with jake um the thing is though i don't think even if the Devils make the playoffs next year, I don't think Lindy Ruff is the head coach. The and that's season. where I'm more with you, Alex, on that, because I yeah. agree with that 100%. Yeah, especially if they hire Andrew Burnett, they're going to be like, listen, he's got Lindy's got one year left on his contract. We're basically hiring you to be the head coach and waiting. Um, and it'd just be kind of an awkward setup if Andrew Burnett was more of an, an assistant for more than one year. And, like, you know, when the coaching carousel – say they hire Andrew Burnett and the the coaching carousel for 2023 works around. There's going to be teams calling Andrew Burnett to be their head coach instead 100%. of what the devils. And if he's on your staff, you want him to be the head coach. So um, definitely agree with Jake that if they get off to a slow start the season and it's not working out with Lindy Ruff and Burnett's on the staff, 
you just make the permanent move there. You don't even name Burnett the interim coach. You're like, you're the permanent coach. This is your thing. Go do your thing. Right. And then, um, and then Lindy could go into a front office role, which we've kind of figured was probably going to happen anyway if he was let go. So, yeah, I think that's, Andrew, what, we were, that's what we were talking about when the season ended. That it wasn't necessarily Lindy Ruff was going to get fired. It was more of he was just going to get moved to a front office spot, and then we would just hire someone else. At least that was that was the rumors that were coming out when the season ended. Yeah, it, I mean, this was not their plan, but if it ends up working out that they get Andrew Brunette on staff and it eventually pushes Lindy Ruff out, then, I, I mean, I guess you can live with another year of Lindy Ruff, especially if the team's good next season and they make the playoffs and then they just they move Ruff out for Brunette to kind of help the team take that next step from just being a team that makes the playoffs that actually makes some noise in the playoffs. I think the Andrew Burnett thing is just such a no-brainer hire for the Devils. Right. Like they, sh- they should just – I wrote about that for Infernal Access either last week or like two weeks ago or something like that, and it just makes so much sense. I mean, what he did with um, developing some of the, the Panthers forwards down there, Carter Verhage took a huge step, m- mentioned Mason Marshmant before. Marshmant was like a career AHLer until like two seasons ago, and this year he was a 27-goal 71 point pace kind of guy. Um, Sam right. Reinhardt just had the best season of his career in Florida. Anthony Duclair was a 31 goal scorer. Um, he's just had a really good track record developing their forwards. Panthers power play was pretty decent under him too. Not like elite, like you would think mm-hmm. they would have with the town, but it would be a lot better than what the devils had. So like, it's such a, a no brainer hire. They, they got to make that happen sooner than later. Um, and I think obviously different than pitching a player, but they'd have a pretty good pitch Uh to Burnett to like, listen, Lindy Ruff has got one year left on his deal. We're hiring you to be an assistant, but like whenever his time is over as our head coach, I mean, that's your job. Like you have that job. So I think they'd be, have, they'd be able to sell him on joining the staff pretty easily. And I really hope they make that happen sooner than later. I think he'd be a really great hire. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're all hoping at least in general that we get the assistant coaches things squared away because I think that's also another – I don't want to say it's another you know sticking point to try to convince players to come here, but I think you need to show that you know you have everything kind of settled and you know the Devils haven't even done that yet, which maybe they're in the process of doing that as we speak. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if Andrew Burnett is available, I mean, and it sounds like he is, unless for some – I mean, look, his time in Florida is pretty much up because I just don't see why he would – stay in Florida other than being assistant in, for one more year in the hopes that he gets a deal afterwards. But if he goes to a team like the Devils, and like you mentioned, Alex, they say, look, Lindy's got one more year left on his deal. There's a really good chance we're probably just going to move on from anyway, despite, you know, regardless of what we do next year. And you would be kind of like the coaching and waiting. Like we basically make you the head coach after the season. Or if yeah. things go south during the season, we'll just make you the head We won't even put the interim tag on you. We'll immediately – make you the next head coach of the Devils and kind of go from there. So a lot of eyes are on Lindy Ruff going into this season. A lot of eyes are on Top Fitzgerald. And around the NHL, a lot of eyes are on the New Jersey Devils because I think a lot of people expect them to be relatively the most active and not certainly one of the most active teams um, this offseason. And uh, this is a very important year for the team to try to take that next step in not only being competitive, but you know making a run at getting back into the playoffs for the first time since – 17, 18, and for only the second time in, in a decade. But, guys, thank I you got, so much. Hang on, hey, Neil. Quick, I actually, got, I actually got a quick question actually for you guys, and then I got something I want to kind of share. Before okay. I ask you guys the question, um, there is – Arthur Staple kind of hinted at it in The Athletic that <laughs> Artemi Panarin 
is unhappy with the Rangers right now. Him and Chris Drury have gone into like oh, a, God. a massive rift. So so what? Yeah, it was based on his playoff performance. Apparently, no. But my resp- I know where Jake's going with this, and my response is so like what? What? What do you want to do? No, I don't. I don't. I don't want him or anything. I just think it's hilarious that they like signed oh. him to like this big contract, and now it's like he's got. Well, technically speaking, Drury didn't sign him to that deal, but I get your point. Yeah, I mean, and I get your point. Who do you guys think on the team now would be like a uh, surprise? Like you'd be surprised to see them traded because, like, you know, Alex and I, Neil, you and I have kind of discussed this too. Like, the Devils are so young. Like, who of value? that can bring back somebody like decent, like do, are they going to have to just start giving away and trading prospects or are they going to have to take somebody off the roster that fans are going to be not very be happy to see go, but they might not have a choice. So is this more of like, who would be, who would we be surprised got moved or who we think could potentially be moved? I'm just trying to understand. the Kind, of, kind of like a bit of both. Like, okay. So Alex, you go first. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Who would we be surprised if they got? I some, Jesper Bratt getting moved would be a surprise. That's for sure. I don't think it'll happen. Um, but we just kind of talked about that. It's a bit of a cop out. Um, I guess the surprise would be Damon Severson. I was, that's not necessarily that's exactly one. What I was thinking of. Yeah. That's not necessarily one all Devils fans would be mad about, but but also not not all of them would be happy about either. Yeah, it would definitely be a little divisive, but I. I mean, he's going to be 29 years old when an extension – he's up for an extension next year, and he'll be 29 years old when it kicks in. And if, I I mean, from by all accounts, is that there's mutual interest. I think that he wants – they want to keep, you know, this relationship going. But, yeah, I mean, I guess he'd be the one guy who could bring them some value back. Um, you know, I, I try to think, too, like, if they strike out on the free agent market for a goalie, like who could get them a goalie from their roster that they could trade. And like, I guess Severson would be one guy that you package to get like a goalie from another team. Um, That's why I think maybe, Hey, you don't think this could happen, but I guess he would be my pick. I really can't think of anyone else. I would say the guy that would be surprised would be like Ryan Graves because I think yeah, he's, that'd a be pretty surprising too. he's a free agent at the end of the season, I believe. So he's he's yeah. in the last year of his deal. Yep. Because here's why. Do I was Ryan Graves brought here to be here long term? I think pretty much, yeah. Otherwise the Devils wouldn't have made the move to get him. Um and he would be a surprise if like let's say we were sellers at the deadline that we we sent him off. Although again, he would be and he would be, you know, on an expiring deal, but we brought him in to be that big, you know, left shooting defenseman for Dougie Hamilton, which interestingly enough, that wasn't, and that ended up not being the case throughout the season. But I, I still think that ends up being our top pairing of Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves, but he would be the guy I would think I'd be most surprised get moved, so to speak. Um, and I guess also, and this wouldn't be as much of a surprise, but more of just, I don't even know what the market is. Andreas Janssen, because I know a lot of people have talked about maybe wanting to move him, but I haven't heard anything about the Devils want to move him or that if anybody has any interest. But I know some people are saying that they want him off the team because he's he hasn't lived up to whatever expectations he had coming into New Jersey two years ago. But I would say definitely surprising-wise, to answer your question, Jake, it would probably be Ryan Graves. That would be the way I, I was. Would. I was going to say Thomas Tatar. Just 
you know, it's kind of like same with the Janssen thing. Like it's out there and it's like, but at the same time, like they could look to move them, but at the same time, like I probably would want to, if they did move them, I mean, we don't have a say in the matter, obviously, because, you know, we're not in front office. But, no, we, I mean, we I, I would, I would probably be a little upset if they moved Tatar, just especially if they draft Slavkovsky, because, you know, Tatar played we'll with them on the world. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, there that can mentor him too, right? And then he's just yeah. kind of walking into a situation. Yeah, that's why I think if they draft Slavkovsky, I don't think Tatar is going anywhere. There, you have there are not that many Slovaks in the NHL to begin with, and you have one on your team that could be kind of like the you know older guy that mentors. The we had two at one Slavkovsky. point. We had two. Um, on, on oh yeah, Yarosh. We right. had Yarosh who had a crazy yeah. ending to his term with the Devils. Um, so yeah, like Tatar. Um, yeah, I don't think Tatar goes anywhere if they draft Slavkovsky because you want to have someone else that Slavkovsky could mentor or have like as a, a mentor in the NHL while he's a rookie. And I mean, they could move him anyway at the deadline or even let him go in free agency after Slavkovsky's played a year in the league and maybe yeah, get, exactly. you know, understand where, you know, it's like a mentorship thing where, okay, now he doesn't have to, you know, now he doesn't have to be quote unquote baby. Now he can kind of take his, take it and go from there. But uh as we've discussed over the last hour plus, a lot of questions, not a lot of answers, um, but should be a lot of fun and interest over the next couple of weeks. Gentlemen, again, thank you so much for coming on today. This is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really glad that I could have both of you guys on. But before we go, as I do with all my guests, you guys know the drill. I'll let you guys, uh, you know, let everybody know where they can follow you on social and anything you got coming up. So whoever wants to go first, the, uh, the floor is yours. So I guess we'll start with, Let's go with Jay. Go ahead, man. All right. So, um, actually, uh, I think it's July 14th or 15th, one of the days after free agency, um, uh, Raising Hell in Jersey. Uh, we're going to have another podcast. Um, Alex and I are going to be doing it again with Ryan Novozinski. So, he's going to come on and, you know, break down the draft and free agency. We tried to get him on uh, before the draft, but uh, he's busy. Obviously, he's um, – heading to Arizona and stuff for a vacation and whatnot still. He's going to think he's going to be kind of keeping Devils fans in the loop of what's going on. But, you know, I've been able to talk to him uh, privately and whatnot and kind of keep in touch with him at the rumors and stuff. And he'll tell me if he thinks it's good or it's not, which is kind of cool. So he'll be coming on uh, again soon and uh, probably won't be doing one before the draft. So, but definitely after the draft and free agency, I'll probably wait till after free agency. Cause then I can just kind of put it into one. Mm-hmm. And then, cause you know, we don't spend too much time breaking down the draft prospects. It's more, we end up talking about the big moves that the team makes. So, but yeah, that's kind of what I got going on and going to see if I can get some special guests on eventually too. But uh, awesome. Alex, you. So you can follow me uh, at Alex C underscore THW on Twitter um you can follow at infernal access as well i usually write there two to three times a month most of my stuff goes to the hockey writers so you can follow me there um i got something coming on shane Wright probably for tomorrow i should be able to get it out tomorrow morning before july 4th really gets going and then yeah whatever happens the rest of the week i'll have it covered awesome guys well again thank you so much for coming on uh to the episode today we really appreciate it and uh We'll definitely have you guys on again soon, and uh, you know we'll, we'll definitely see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But thank you guys so much for doing this. This was great. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us on, Neil.